I begin a new series now on faith, greater faith, what it means to have greater faith in these days. And God is calling his church to a greater faith. That means your standard of faith, my standard of faith that I've been operating in is not uh, at the aptitude it should be. It needs to go to a new level. Can I get an amen on that? We need to go up another level, to another level of glory. And so what I need to help you understand is what faith is. All right, and you, you all know the, the defi definition from Hebrews chapter 11, where, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things what? Hoped for. The evidence of things what? Not seen. So hope is a vision. Hope is what you're putting and casting forth. And faith is the substance and evidence. Another word for that is fruit. The fruit of your hope. It's, it's substance and evidence. It shows up. I mean, look, at if an apple tree doesn't have apples, is it a valuable apple tree? No. It, it, it doesn't. If, if a fig tree is barren and bears no fruit, what is it? Fruitless. And the church should not be fruitless. Less. God is looking for a people who will bear fruit. He, in fact, cursed the fig tree on his way to the temple. That fig tree, the fig tree is a representation of Israel itself. And in 70 AD, you know the temple was destroyed. And a fruitless people are not bearing faith. There's no sign, substance, or evidence of faith. Now, when you want to know whether something occurred, you look for the evidence of it. And their evidence should have some substance to it. That way you can evaluate whether it happened or didn't happen. And so the church needs to bear substance and fruit. I actually believe, brothers and sisters, we, we have distorted the definition of faith. We have minimized the definition of faith to believe. We say faith is believing, when in actuality, the believing part is the hope. Hope is your belief. Hope is what you're looking towards. Faith is the substance and the evidence that you really do believe that. It's, in other words, is the action of that hope. It's the fruit of that hope. Let me prove it to you, because some of you want proof, and I'm happy to do that. Let's look at salvation. How many of you know Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10? The verse we all use for salvation, it says this, that if we confess with our mouth, what? Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that he's raised from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What am I saying out of that verse? There must be a manifestation of your faith. You believe in your heart Jesus rose from the dead. Well, in order to believe he rose from the dead, you need to know he died. And you need to know how he died and why he died. And if you know why he died and how he died and is dead and buried and rose on the third day and you believe he rose on the third day, the proof that you have accepted that is the fruit of your lips confessing Jesus. We're called a confessing people. If we don't confess Jesus, I have to question whether you're saved. 
if there's no fruit to your belief. See, so we say, oh yeah, I accepted Jesus Christ. Well, I'm glad you accepted him. As if he needed your acceptance. You accepted his sovereign rule and authority as God. I'll accept that. Come on. Do you believe that he is the Lord God, true? And, right? So many of us say, oh, well, I accepted the Lord Jesus 20 years ago. Oh, you did? How did you do that? Well, I believed. And how did you, what did you do to believe it? Well, I just, I just have this, I have a belief here. But have you manifested faith? Have you confessed the Lord Jesus in faith? Have you declared there must be a declaration to what you believe? Or other words, it's just an idea. We have a lot of Christians that have ideas that Jesus is Lord, but have never confessed him to anyone else. Do you know that's why baptism is essential and so important to demonstrate and manifest that what has taken place inside? I think many people want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, but the full evidence of salvation is you manifesting some outward expression of Jesus as your Lord. In other words, there should be fruit to the confession. Does this make sense to you? How else are we going to know you got saved? You, let's say you just got saved and you worked uh, at your job and, and over the weekend you come and you get saved and give your heart to Jesus. You confess him as your Lord and Savior by your mouth. That's why we ask you to come forward and confess with your mouth he's Lord so that there's a fruit to the belief. There's faith to the belief. And you go back to work but you tell no one you're saved and none of your actions bear any fruit is anybody going to know that Jesus is now your Lord and Savior? Unless there's fruit. I don't want to be fruitless. I don't want a church that's fruitless. I want to be a faith-filled people. So faith is evidence and substance. Does this make sense to you? And some of you are wondering why God isn't working in your life and because you've not shown any faith, any evidence that He is your Lord. And so there needs to be faith and substance. Even in salvation, it's by grace. But your response to that, it says that you will confess with your mouth the fruit of your lips. So unto the mouth, under the confession, is, uh, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it has to work its way out. It has to manifest. Let me continue and go forward. James tells us that there has to be evidence to faith or it's dead. It's fruitless. So we've got, you know, a lot of fruitless Christians. And the question is, are you saved? And that's why in the Bible it says in the last days there'll be a great falling away because there's a lot of people who think about Jesus but are not by faith confessing and activating a life that is fruitful of Christ. So let's look at what James says. Turn with me to James chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. If you have your Bibles, James 2, 14 to 18. And it says this, I'll read it to you. James 2, 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but he does not have works? Now let's get something straight. Your works don't save you. Grace saves you. The evidence you've received that grace 
is you manifest faith. You manifest a life that takes that grace from God, demonstrates it. And that's what James is saying. James is saying, see, again, I have to say, American Christianity has minimized the activity of faith to simply be an acceptance and an idea. That's, that's what we've minimized it to. Remember, I quoted you Hebrews chapter 11, right? Faith is the substance and the evidence of things not seen. You trust in a Savior that no one else can see. If you don't manifest that Savior, then no one can see it. They don't know there's a faith here. And he's writing to the Hebrews, and the Hebrew mind understands that faith without any manifestation or work is dead. That's the Hebrew mind. We've made a Western mind where we've made it all something as, as cognitive reasoning. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? In other words, there's no fruit. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking daily food, and one of you says, go in peace, be warm, be filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? Right? We turn away people who are in need. Well, how much help was that? Well, what about a sin-sick world that's dying in sin, going to hell, and we're not telling them that Jesus is the only way of their salvation? What good are we to them? You need the evidence of confessing who Christ is. And he goes on, he says this, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Someone will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, there must be fruit to our confession. And that's what faith is. There must be evidence to our hope who is Christ. And that's what God's looking for. A people who have the evidence that they're his children. I would hate for my children. I have four children. Three daughters and uh, a son. And I would hate for them to be ashamed of me. For them when asked, well, what's your father's name? I would be embarrassed, wouldn't you? Yeah. And, I, and I wonder how many Christians have not been confessing their father's name. In fact, Jesus said, if you do not confess my name to the world, I'll not confess your name to the father. Ooh. You want him to manifest your name to the father? Then manifest his name to a world. Let's go on and look at the gospels. There's evidence that Faith is action. Faith is fruit. Let me share with you a few stories. I think you know them. Here's the, it's a found in Mark 5, 27. It's the woman with the issue of blood. I've shared this on many occasions. I'll do it again. The woman with the issue of bloods, 12 years, didn't get healed, spent all her money with physicians and doctors, didn't get cured, didn't get any healing. She is unclean because of blood. And so she can't be with her father, her, uh, sorry, her husband. She can't be with her children. She's unclean wherever she goes. If she goes into culture and she goes in the city, she has to say unclean because of blood. She can't let anyone be near her or touch her or sit on the same seat or anything else. She's desperate. She hears Jesus is coming. He's the healer. She believes he's Messiah. And as Malachi says, healing is in his wings or his 
the wings are the prayer shawl, and she believes that, and she says to herself, here's her hope, if I touch the hem of his garment, the prayer shawl, the healing that is in the wings of, of his prayer shawl, if I touch him, I will be healed. Now that's her hope, isn't it? That's her hope. Her hope is if I can get to him. But here's the problem. There's a crowd around him and she's unclean. But you know what? Her faith is activated to do something. She moves through and Mark tells us she comes from behind him. Why do you think she came from behind him? Because if she's coming towards him, the crowd would shun her unclean and push her away. She must come from behind and crawl through the feet and the dust and reach and touch the hem of his garment. And as soon as she touched him, her hope, her blessed hope, as soon as she touched him, virtue flowed out of him. And he stopped and he said, who touched me? Peter said, what are you talking about? Everybody touched you. Everybody's pushing on you. He goes, no, 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 somebody touched me. Who is it? Now, you know what Jesus did? He, he called her out. Oh, now that's insensitive. She's shy. She's, just let her be. She doesn't want to be exposed. Jesus called her out. Why? To bear a testimony. To declare the evidence of what was not seen by anyone else. I need some evidence here. And everybody's, what are you talking about? And she stands to her feet, and I could imagine a gasp among the people. It's the unclean woman. And it is I. And he said this, woman, by your faith you were healed. What was her faith? It got her to Jesus. See, her hope was to be healed. But if she never would have touched the hem of his garment, if she would not have put faith to her hope and action to what she believed, she would not have gotten healed and touched him. Faith is living out your life for the answer to your hope. And she crawled through the crowd to do it. Now let me give you another example. The four men had, had a, 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 a friend who was paralyzed, a paralytic. And uh, they, they arrived to the house where Jesus was. And uh, they just didn't get up early enough. Because the crowd had already filled the house and filled outside the house. And they couldn't get in. Packed house. What do you do? Go home. No, but see, they had a faith. They had a hope. Their hope was, if we can get Jimmy to Jesus, something's going to happen. Now, they could have stood out there and waited till the night was over and everybody went home and hopefully catch Jesus. But you see, they activated fruit for that hope. They put legs to their belief. And they said, if I can't find a door or a window to get through, I'll make my own. And they climbed up. Now, you've got to imagine this thing. This, you know, how do you carry a guy up to a roof? This is no easy matter. 
And then you got to get some ropes because you're figuring out, we're going to destroy this man's roof. I don't care. We're going to destroy this man's roof, clay roof. They, they take him up here. they got to climb up the narrow stairs up to the path and around, and they got to get over there. they got to start clawing at that roof. They've got to start breaking into that roof, and they have to dig a hole in the roof big enough for the man to come down. Can you imagine as Jesus is teaching, and then there's just dust and dirt falling on your head, and in that dark room, a ray of light busts in. And people are looking and seeing fingers just clawing away and pulling away. Jesus knows what's going on. I, I just believe Jesus is going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. And he brushed through, and then they begin to lower him down. And Jimmy's going like, whoa, whoa. And they're bringing him down, and Jesus brings him down. And God said, Jesus says to that man, because of their faith, you're healed. Their faith. Now, was their faith to stand on that roof and go, oh, I hope he's healed. I hope he's healed. I hope he's healed. I hope he's healed. Not yet. I hope he's healed. I hope he's healed. That's what we've made faith. We've made faith just, mm, mm, I hope, I hope, I hope, please, please, I hope, I hope. Where faith is putting fruit to what you believe. If you're going to quit smoking and you're praying God to help you quit smoking, get rid of the cigarettes. If you're going to get free from an addiction of alcoholism, you got to stop buying the booze. You want to wake up in the morning and go, oh, hallelujah, I am free. Put some faith to what your hope is. And that's what took place. And Jesus said because of their faith. Now, I thank God for that because there's times when I'm too weak and I don't know what to pray for. I need somebody else to put some, put some effort to what my hopes are for me. That's why you need the body of Christ. How many of you have been in situations where you feel hopeless, you don't have anything left, and you're wondering, oh God, how are you going to intervene? But somebody with faith, in other words, somebody that will show up with the food you need, show up with the money you need, show up with the ride you need, show up and care for you with all the help you need. It's because of their faith in action, you're blessed. This is what he's talking about, because of their faith. What was their faith? They had to get Jimmy to Jesus. Now, don't go quoting that his name was Jimmy. I made that up, all right? You can handle that part of it. Last of all, you know this one, the centurion, because this is an interesting one because you wonder, he, he's, he came to Jesus, this Roman centurion, and he said that uh, his servant was sick unto death, and he said, I need you, Jesus, to speak healing over him. And Jesus said, all right, I'll come with you. And he goes, no, 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 you don't have to. He said, you don't have to come, Jesus. He said, I am a man under authority. I understand how authority works. The Romans gave me authority over uh, my uh, uh, people that I can speak an order on behalf of the government of Rome, and they must do it. He said, you're a man under authority, under God's authority. I know it. You just speak it. It'll be done. Ooh, that's good. Jesus went, what? What is this? This is a Roman Gentile, and he gets it more than the, the Jews. 
So where was his faith in this? He walked away just knowing he'd be healed. Well, here's where his faith was. He came to Jesus. He walked and he said, Jesus, speak this word. So faith may not be able to manifest a particular action or deed, but going to Jesus, trusting he is the one who will answer. That sets us apart. It's not just wishful thinking. It is, it is going to the throne of God with boldness and with confidence. Lord, speak the word and make your declaration, and I will walk this thing out with confidence and a fruit life that it is done in Jesus' name. This is what faith is, brothers and sisters. And so Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out, manifest fruit. Work out what? For it is God who works in, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So if we're to have greater faith, there has to be a greater workout. Because he's working in. All right, so speaking of salvation, people who came to salvation, the reason that you raised your hand that day, the reason that you knelt and prayed and said, Jesus, I'm a sinner, I need you as my Savior, the reason you did that is because the Holy Spirit was working in. And you manifested something out. You manifested the plea to God. And there was your initial entrance by faith into the kingdom. And now everything after that is a faith walk. It is a manifestation. It is a working out of what he's working in. Working out what he's working in. And so God is constantly working. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is interceding for you that you would do the will of God? When you're too weak and you don't know what to pray for, the Spirit is interceding day and night, working in, working in so that you will have a hope that God is going to do this and therefore you will walk it out. If you don't believe that someone at your job's going to get saved, you're not going to start speaking salvation. But if you would begin to pray for them and begin to manifest the sense, oh, I need to get someone saved on the job, I need to go preach at work, then you're going to start doing those things that begin to draw people to Christ. Does this make sense to you? So it's got to work itself out. Ephesians 2 says this, for by grace you've been saved through faith. In other words, the reception, the reception of that grace begins to manifest a new fruit in your life. It's, it's not by your own doing good. It's not by your own works. Now, there's a big difference beside operating in faith by works and just doing good things to get God's favor. You can't get God's favor because of something you've done. God's favor is in you, therefore you produce the difference, right? You see the difference. See, religion says you do the work and maybe God will think you're good enough. Let's figure this out right now. None of us are good enough. We're all sinners. We've all failed God. But there is a faith that, that grace came to us and you responded. Now, how many of you are struggling with faith? I am. Because it's constantly challenging me. See, this is the good thing about faith. This is the good thing about the Holy Spirit. He is not satisfied 
until he sees the image of Jesus in our lives. But he's patient, but he's constantly churning and churning and moving and calling you to a greater faith, a greater faith. And you know how faith is produced? You know how the working out of faith is produced? Oh, I'm telling you, it's by having a new mindset and moving into a new level of trust and acting and working that out. And that's a challenge. How many of you have been challenged? How many of you say, I asked you before and I already forgot. How many of you feel challenged in your faith? Raise your hand up. Good. Good. We all think, oh, I'm failing God because I feel so challenged in my faith. When in fact, he's the one challenging it. Because he says, I know I can take you higher. And you're not done yet. Come on, I'm going to push in this area. Ow, it hurts. I'm pushing. Give me ten more. Really? We thought this Christianity thing was just going to be a breeze. I mean, come on, Jesus. We've prayed for revival. It's been long enough. Bring it. But have we prayed and searched the heart of God in every ounce of us and lived out a life towards that revival of our own life and others? Have we challenged our faith? Have you clawed through the crowd to get to Jesus? Have you ripped open a roof to get to Jesus? Have you walked through and as a Roman centurion shaming yourself to go to this crazy Jewish rabbi? How many of you have done the radical, outrageous walk of faith? Or have we asked him to serve us? Oh, Jesus, ting-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling, Jesus, I would like something now, please. I think I would like, um, promise, um, yes, I would like this promise, please, prosperity, blessing, and love, yes. Make it a double. And Jesus would say, I will gladly do that for you. Here comes the challenge. God wants to bear fruit, and if you want a fruit tree to bear more fruit because the fruit is a bit thin, what do you do? You prune it. When you prune something, what it does is it causes more of the sap to come into that area And as that sap comes into the area, it begins to produce more fruit and effort because it has been pruned. And so, it's not by our works that we're saved, but we have become his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. There's the salvation created by grace, which God prepared for us to do good things works, the production, the fruitfulness of that faith. It's got to have some evidence. So how do we live a more fruitful life, brothers and sisters? How do you and I live a more fruitful life? The only way for you and I to live a more fruitful life is a greater challenge. Now, me personally, I would like the evidence first. Then I'll be, then I know I would believe. This is my discussion with Jesus. If you would show me some awesome miracles, of course I would have the faith to believe for greater miracles. 
And that is a reverse of kingdom principles. And so I'm challenged once again by God. In my faith, in my struggle, in my effort to produce and manifest a greater trust in Him, a fruitfulness to Him, I have to be challenged. And therefore, I have to get out of status quo, I have to get out of self-reliance, and I have to move in a greater realm of faith. Greater results demand greater action. And God is looking for a church with greater faith. What does he mean by that? I believe, 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 I believe. No, I said it a whole bunch of times. No. It's time for us to become fruitful and manifesting what God has called us to manifest. And so we've got to get in there. We've got to speak to more souls. We've got to reach out to the lost. We've got to care in a greater way. We've got to maybe take some time away from the television and maybe take some time away from your phone and maybe spend a little more effort in reaching the lost or praying for someone or calling someone with a word that they need and encouragement that we can give to them or spend more time in prayer as the centurion calling out and commissioning the will of God. He says in Habakkuk that the uh, righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live. That, that, that's their identity. We live by doing for Christ. That's how you know I'm a Christian, by how I treat other people, by the words that come out of my mouth, and by the manifestation of the fruit of God's Spirit. And God is pressing us for a greater faith. That means get to work, people. Get to work. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Stand with me this morning. I'm excited. I'm excited for what God's going to do. Now listen, here's the thing. When God answers by faith, we're still shocked and surprised. That's all right. Because it goes beyond what we think. Right? People think, well, I have great faith. When God answers the the miracle, it's like, oh, I knew that. Are you kidding me? Anytime you see a miracle, you go, ah! What? But you trust. You move. You trust. And there's times where God doesn't do the miracle. Why? Why? Because he is increasing your faith to continue despite what you think should have been done. You will still hold your spot in the kingdom. You will still hold on to your testimony despite what has happened. That is fruit that still clings to the vine. Amen? I'm going to ask if there is anyone this morning that wants greater fruit in their life. You don't know what, I just got through with what I'm asking. You you understand what I'm asking? You want greater fruit, there's going to be greater effort. There's going to be pruning. But I'm going to ask it. Who's ready to go to a next level of faith? Amen. All right, keep your hands up. Those of you that want next level faith, next level faith. Those of you are working in the realm you're at, that's fine. You do that. That'll only be temporary. You will be challenged. Greater faith right now greater faith. Father God, you know our hearts. You know the hearts of those who have their hands up. 
God, we've been disappointed. We've been challenged. We, God, have wrestled. The enemy has attacked us. Lord, life has pressured us. But we've sustained our faith. We're continuing to believe. We're not going to fade off. We're not going to fall back. We're not going to give up on you, Jesus. We may not fully comprehend you. We may not fully understand what you're trying to build in us. But we say, I still will be fruitful for God. I will still confess your name to the nations. I will still touch the sick and pray for healing. I will still believe for a miracle. I will still trust God even though I have failed Him. I will still produce fruit that bears my faith in Christ Jesus. And so with that, God, by your Spirit, I ask you to impart right now, release the anointing of greater faith. Release the challenge to go to the next level. And we say, everybody says, Amen. Say it again. Amen. Say it again. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, I challenge you to speak because even that is an act of faith. When we worship, I challenge you to worship because those are fruit-filled words of faith. So let us continue to do that. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, I know we're going up and down. Have a seat, though. We're going to do that anyways. You can keep playing. I'm going to ask here this morning if there is somebody who, who really wonders if they're saved. You know about Jesus. You grew up maybe in the church. You have an idea of who he is, what he did, why he did it. But you've recognized a lack of salvation faith. You've not confessed him. Is there anyone here this morning that wants to confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Publicly to make declaration that you haven't before, but you want to say, yes, Jesus is my Savior. I want to receive him right now. Is there anyone this morning that wants to assure their salvation by their actions? All right. Praise God. In this time of worship, the last verse I shared with you is this, that Jesus said, you have become His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. There's your salvation. Birthed in Christ Jesus. To do faith works. To manifest the fruit of that salvation. Which he has predestined or ordained for you to do. There are faith works right in front of you, yet to be seen, that are in your appointment book. And so I'm going to take these few minutes. If anyone wants to come to the altar right now and give yourself away, prepare yourself for the works that God has ordained for you to do. And at this moment, you're saying, prepare me. Prepare my faith for what is coming. Don't dread. Don't dread. It's going to be okay. No fear. He's preparing you. And so we're going to pray that because there's greater works coming. So please, come forward and let us pray over you. Worship where you're at or come forward, either one.
Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You have gifts of the Holy Spirit. God has given his gifts severally as he wills, each one of you uniquely. There are gifts and evidences of God's Spirit, yet even for you to discover the wealth and the depth of them. And Paul says this, let the prophets prophesy in proportion to their faith. What he means is, go and stretch. Some of you are prophetic. You haven't prophesied further enough. Go further. Stretch. Stretch it out. What if I make a mistake? It's all right. You're learning. You're stretching. You prophetic. Begin to prophesy more. Some of you are intercessors. And I'm telling you that there's a depth of intercession you thought you were at, but I want you to scratch at the surface of that, and you're going to find a little hole, and you're going to look through that hole, and you're going to see there's a whole new dimension of intercession for you. Some of you are going to move into intercession. That is going to be crazy. It's in proportion to how far you're ready to push and pull. Some of you have healing anointings on you, but you're not going to discover that till you lay hands on the sick and pray for them. But I have, Pastor. I've prayed for 100 people. Well, what if it's at 250 that the breakthrough comes? Don't stop short. Don't let the enemy cut you off. It's faith. It's scratching. It's moving. It's pushing. I don't understand why, but God is challenging that you would stretch your faith, stretch your faith. Pastor, I've never been on an airplane to go over here. Well, stretch your faith. I don't know if I should call that relative that offended me 30 years ago. Come on. Change it up. Change it up. Push. Stretch. God is calling for a greater faith. You are up here today to say yes. Then you're being challenged. There's a greater faith in your heart ready to blossom. The fruit is on the vine. The buds are starting to grow. Father, we release this anointing right now. And Father God, we're going to see a change in this church and in this community and in the heavenlies above because faith is pressing into new dimensions of greater authority. Let that resolve be in you now. Let it be confirmed by the Holy Spirit as you say amen. Would you say amen this morning? Amen, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for walking up here. It was an act of faith to do that. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. This morning we've got a very special opportunity for someone who is demonstrating faith to get back in her ministry and to move forward. And so we want to present to you Katrina Kalinowski. Will you please come forward? Amen. Come on, Katrina. Our missions director, Scott Shell, is here as well. We're going to commission Katrina into full-time missionary work. Amen. A number of years ago, Katrina had given everything up, her job, her home, her house, everything, to go to Mexico to minister. And uh, uh, you never know the challenges of faith that are coming. And God brought her back home, and things shifted and changed. And 
her faith being exercised, she's moving back into full-time missionary work, and we're going to let her explain what you're doing, Katrina. Can we have more volume, please? Praise God. <laughs> Katrina is demonstrating for us this morning a greater faith, a, a faith of action. She's not waiting for the financial support that we're going to be giving her and we're asking of you to help. She already quit her job. She already went into the ministry and went into the work despite a lack of funds. Now that's faith. You see what I mean? That's action. She knows the Lord's going to supply her needs. And so we're asking as a church. Now, our, our missions director uh, is uh, planning to uh, set aside our funding for missions and uh, apportioning off uh, finance for Katrina monthly, a, a small amount. But what we are hoping is that maybe some of you will pick her up monthly in support. $5, $10, whatever, 50 cents. $100? I don't know. But we're asking you to consider and to pray and to, to see a change in the city of Detroit for women that have been so abused and to see them rescued and to bring life to them. Amen? I know uh, I always get accused of this, but uh, I always have you sit down, stand up, sit down, sit down. But we're Pentecostal, so stand up. I forgot to mention the free outreaches. Go for it. Amen. Yeah. Want to say anything?
Amen. Thank you. Would you extend a hand forward at this time as we pray and commission Katrina to this work? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Father, we thank you for Katrina. We thank you for the testimony of her life. We thank you for what you've shaped throughout all the years within her, a heart of compassion for these women, a heart of Jesus for those who are lost and those who are abused. God, continue to pour into her life strength and courage and boldness in the gospel. May her faith ever increase. Lord, may you use her mightily through words of discernment and prophecy and healing and deliverance and compassion and helps, Lord God, and administrations to Ellie's house. May she be a help. And may she be on our hearts and minds as we pray throughout the week and the months. And Lord God, would you activate help and financial support for her through the body of Christ and those, Lord God, around us. And so we now commission Katrina to this work as a full-time missionary of Christ Community Church and the International Fellowship of Christian Assemblies. We bless you now in this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Good work. Bless you. Amen. Katrina will be at, yes. What a great question. <laughs> Who's got the mic? We got a mic. Our denomination. Thank you, Kathy. Well said. That is important that you understand all the finance goes through our missions department of our denomination. All right? So it's all accounted for and it is all uh, checks and balances. Katrina will be at this back table this morning for you to meet and greet. Let us close this morning in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit that has taken place. I am so excited at what's happening in us and through us in Jesus' name. Use us mightily as we activate faith in new dimensions. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you this morning. Greet one another in love.